Good morning, this is Joey Tepper here with the Palmetto Report, and I am here with the head strength conditioning coach here, Winthrop, Ben Abbott. How you doing, Ben? Good, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So just today on the podcast, just wanted to dive into some of the stuff that goes into, um, you know, working with our athletes and stuff that you look for in the um, different types of workouts that you put in for our athletes. So just off the bat, just how long have you actually been here at Winthrop? Uh, this is going on my fifth season, so... About four years. Okay. And did you uh, study this in college? Yeah. I got an undergrad degree um, in athletic training and exercise science. And then I was able to go on to get my master's in sports science. So. Absolutely. So one of the first questions we got here is just what, are the, what is, goes into consideration when making a workout plan for some of our athletes? Yeah, a lot. Um, first, you have to look at the time of the year, the sport, and... Um, <clears throat> Any type of uh, movement patterns that you really want to focus on. I'm a big believer in like the five main movement patterns being a squat pattern, hinge pattern, push, pull, and some type of isometric abs or loaded carry within my programs. So I, I think the first thing is going to, are they in season? Are they out of season? Um, are they pre-season? Really is the first thing because that will dictate how much work we can get done and probably the stress load. Um, so... Yeah, so like you said, um, the season. So the season being in and out of season, that's a big thing for you guys when making workout plans? Yeah, it's a, it's a huge thing. So normally when uh, you're out of season or preseason type of training, that's when uh, strength and conditioning is probably the biggest factor within their training because you're trying to build that, that base, that strength, that speed, that power, um, more general type of training, physical preparation where their sport isn't their main focus. And when they go into in-season, so in college athletics, that's normally gonna be 20 hours, and when competitions happen, that's when strength and conditioning kind of, not take a backseat, but pulls away. Mm -hmm. Because you can't cause so much fatigue that they can't do their sport. So you're starting to become more specific with their training, and that specific training is practice. Okay, so. And um, going into the, you said the sport specific movements, um, just kind of give a few examples maybe of some of the movements that you may give to a baseball player that you may not give to a lacrosse player or vice versa. Yeah. So I think with sports specific training, the, the specificity of the sport comes with practice. Mm -hmm. uh, I think just about all sports besides Olympic weightlifting or powerlifting, the weight room is general preparation mm -hmm. so you don't really get too specific in, in my opinion mm -hmm. um now will we do stuff that probably translates a little bit better probably for example when we're out of season we may do full range of motion squats mm -hmm. um for all athletes i believe in that where when we start to peak or wanting to perform the best we can so like conference mm -hmm. tournament we may do quarter squats mm -hmm. or half squats uh, we're able to load that movement with a little bit more weight. We can be really specific angles with the knees and the hips to be in that athletic position that you're fielding second base mm -hmm. with and be a little bit more specific and try to squeeze every little drop of performance out. But the full squat that we did in the offseason, that's going to give you more long-term progress and gains and give you a better base where the more specific is going to peak you a little bit. But when looking at specificity of sport and sports specific um, training that's really your practices that's your uh, your bunt coverage mm -hmm. in baseball that's sports specific mm -hmm. training 
and then your sport is actually playing the nine innings. Absolutely. So is that going to make sense? Absolutely. So um, one thing you said, um, how many teams are you actually working with? I know you aren't the only um, strength coach here. So how many teams do you have and how is that distributed? Off the top of my head, I think I have like five or six teams. Um, it, it really, there's myself. We have a full-time assistant and then graduate assistant mm-hmm. uh, here at Winthrop. So my first thing was to spread the teams out so we have all the different demands um, and so each coach is really sharpening their skill set mm-hmm. and are able to challenge themselves so they can continue to progress in their field. Uh, as a, in a leadership role, I believe my job is to continue to develop my staff and to keep pushing them and keep setting them up for success down the road within their career. My, my job isn't to put them in a box and make it so they can't continue up the ladder. My job is to keep making those steps. So I've really spread out each sport where you have a field-based sport. So you're working on agility, you're working on some speed, conditioning, and then you may have more of a rotational sport or more of a power sport. So what I mean by that is a conditioning-based sport may be uh, soccer or lacrosse, mm-hmm. basketballs uh, is a good blend being that conditioning power and then you have the rotational sports, more power development. You got the baseball, you got the golfs. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So that kind of stuff. Cool. And um, so do you feel that there are certain sports that may need more um, speed training than, let's say, like heavy lifting in the, in the gym? Do you think there's certain sports that need more or do you think it's good to have a good blend for each sport? Oh, one, I think it's good to have a good blend on each sport. That's just for general fitness and being a better athlete. Mm -hmm. Now, let's look at a sport we don't have here. um, And you kind of hear it from the experts in those fields. And that's the sport of football. The closer you are to the ball and the line of scrimmage, the stronger you probably need to be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The less speed work you probably need to do. But the farther you get away from the ball, the more speed work, more power is going to be beneficial. So let's, for example, you got the offensive lineman and defensive lineman. They need to be able to be strong and hold their position. Yeah, they need to be explosive, but they got one step. Mm-hmm. Do they really need to be crazy fast? Probably yeah. not. They need to be able to hold weight. But mm-hmm. now you got your wide receivers they, and your cornerbacks. They need to break away speed. They need to be able to get away from people, have that agility. So maybe focusing a little bit more on speed for them. And what this comes down to is I, I believe all attributes need to be trained and we only have 100%. Mm-hmm. So maybe we're going, hey, 40% strength, 20% speed, 5% mobility, and you're adding up to honor. Where somebody else, why is here, hey, 30% strength, 30% speed. So does that kind of make sense of, you're just kind of changing the attributes you're trying to work on slightly, but you're doing everything. Absolutely. So um, as a strength coach, what are things that you look for when developing as athletes? What are things that you've, you look for that may be showing improvement um, is there a certain test or like a pre a pre um, workout to an an end workout? How do you yeah. do, show that development? So I think with physical performance, you you have to have tests. You have to have a pre test and post test. Mm-hmm. So whether that's just a simple mile mile test, whether that's a BPS or yo, there's so many different tests out there. You just got to find out what attribute you want to look at. What attribute do you value within the program? Okay. All right, what attribute makes has the best correlation for performance, mm-hmm. all right? Is that 100 meter dash? Is that a vertical jump? So you as a strength coach or as the sport coach has to come up with that that metric that you believe in, that you think sets you up for success. And that's gonna be different for every program. 
Um, going back to the sport of football, you have the spread offense, people running up and down, no huddle. It's got to be a little bit more conditioning Absolutely. compared to the older style of, hey, run the ball. Absolutely. All right, so maybe a little bit more strength. So you got to fit the sport. Um, now, what do I look for in development within an athlete? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's physical performance, but it's also maturity. Okay. And uh, how you approach the workouts. I, I think as athletes learn what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish, and they start asking inquisitive questions, mm-hmm. trying to learn a little bit more within the program on how does this all fit together, I think that's a huge step. Um, because once you see that maturity of people learning the workouts, you can give them a little bit more complex once they get there. Mm-hmm. If they're just kind of going in, checking the box, you're only going to be doing able to do so much. They don't really know where they're at from one week to another. So something as simple as writing numbers down, all right, that is a huge step of showing maturity and developing within the field of strength and conditioning because you're like, oh, I did 25 pounds last week. I'm going to try 30. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And just kind of one thing to wrap up here, um, nutrition. I know nutrition is a big thing um, with athletes. And just what are the, some of the things that you may recommend to athletes uh, regarding nutrition and how they treat their bodies? Got to feel fuel yourself. I think that's one of the biggest things in college athletics. It's time management is, is challenging. It's challenging for all of us. So finding the times to get breakfast, finding the times to get lunch, finding the times to get dinner, those snacks, those mm-hmm. recovery stuff. Um, and putting a plan together that's obtainable and achieve and um, going to get us the best outcome at that point. So mm-hmm. what I mean by that is when you have athletes or you're in this time of season where you have eight hours a day, you know your class schedule, you get into a pretty good routine, right? But mm-hmm. does that routine set you up for success when you go to when you go to twenty hours? Mm-hmm. Oh wait, I was eating lunch at practice time. Crap, what do I do now? Yeah. Well. When you're at eight hours, plan for 20 hours. Try to get that schedule so when you do get more hours within your sport, it's just smooth. You're not having to readjust when you have an additional 12 hours. Like, so set yourself up there. And then also with nutrition, um, take it one step at a time. If you're a person who doesn't eat vegetables, mm-hmm. don't be like, all right, I'm going to have three servings a day of vegetables seven days a week and you haven't been having any. Mm-hmm. That's not successful. Yeah. You're not putting yourself up for the best opportunity to get a little bit better. Maybe you start small. All right. And this week, I'm going to have one serving of vegetable every other day. Mm-hmm. Great. You went from nothing to now something. Yeah. Be successful at that and then build upon instead of trying to do everything in one step. Awesome. Well, um, Ben, I can't thank you enough for sitting down with me today and talking a little bit about our athletes and what you look for. And I just really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me. Once again, this is Joey Tepper here with Palmetto Report.